If you have your Bible, would you please turn to Philippians chapter 1. As we continue our study through the book of Philippians for this new year, we are focusing on the theme of joy. Continue today, Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 26. If you're able to stand, would you please stand for the reverence of the reading of the Word of God? Hear now the Word of God. Now, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is, is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. For I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I, I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. For me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. And if I am to go on living in, uh, in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet, what shall I choose? I do not know. For I am torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Consider, com uh, I'm convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will, and will continue with you for your progress and joy and faith. Verse 26, so that through my being with you, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. The word of God for the people of God. Would you bow and join me in prayer? Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the fact that we are able this afternoon to come to worship you. Father, I pray that you would um, take a hold of me so that the words of my mouth, the meditation of my heart, will be acceptable unto your sight. Oh, Lord, my Savior, my rock, my Redeemer. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to talk with you this afternoon from the subject, Mindset. Mindset. Um, one, of the, one of my favorite saying, <laughs> whenever the New Year switch, people said, New Year, New Me. And typically, this is a shift of they no longer want to be where they were in the previous year. I did a little homework. They said this, our mindset gives us an outlook 
or dictates our attitude towards life's challenges. When we think about what we face, our mindset plays a part on how we respond to it. Many of us, if not most of us, when life challenges arise, they typically change our mindset. Notice that a lot of us, if someone crosses us in traffic, <laughs> we went from holier than thou to nastier than thou. Because a lot of times what happens, the circumstance around us dictates our behavior. In other words, what happens to us, the issues around us, dictates how we think, how we, how mindset flow around it. Um, you often hear, especially around this time of the year, people say things like getting rid of the negative energy in their lives. Or you would hear people talk about cutting off people um, anyone who mess up with their mental health. And, and don't, don't get me wrong, I'm married to a mental health professional, I'm all for mental health. But one of the primary reasons people make these statements is that none of us want to be associated with anyone or anything who's going to mess up our mindset. In other words, when you want your peace of mind, <laughs> you want your peace of mind, um, when I fill my taxes with uh, um, H&R Block, they offered you a peace of mind. And the peace of mind insurance they offer you from the tax is that if they mess up, the IRS is not going to come after you. It's going to come after them. But even then, I found out that there's a loopholes. It's still your tax, not, not H&R Block taxes. But see, the thing is this. When you are in Christ, you have a different mindset. You have a different peace of mind that brings you joy. And what I want to talk to you is this. Um, I have a cup that I think my wife got me a, a while ago. It says good vibe only. <laughs> you, you guys see those t-shirt? Good vibe or, or, or those cup, good vibe only. Uh, um, or positive vibe only. In reality, there's nothing wrong with those statements. Nothing wrong with those at all. Because it shows that we are aiming or trying to find some kind of positivity around our minds, around our lives. And we all need that. But here is the thing. Positive thinking alone can get you but so far. Positive thinking alone can get you but so far. But while the Spirit of God, through God's Word, can give you a lasting way of thinking positively on life's uh, various trials. Oh, let, let, me, let me say this again, because that preached to me. I don't know about you, but that preached to me right there. Positive thinking can get you but so far. But when the Spirit of God is what anchored you through the Word of God, when life's trials come, you will be able to think positively in the midst of chaos. Walk with me in the book of Philippians. Right there, we find Paul in the midst of trials, chaos, imprisonment, but yet Paul says, I got a peace of mind. I got a peace of mind that Nobody can understand. I, I, I know, I know you'd be like, Pastor Perry, you're making this up. I'm not making this up. Because when you look at chapter one of, if, uh, of Philippians, you gotta understand as to why Paul got this peace of mind. Verse 12 gives it to you. And verse 12, it says this, I want you to know that what has happened to me has really served to make me become a weenie. 
To make me whine. Uh, Y'all got that in your Bible, right? To make me complain. Uh, Okay, y'all fall asleep on me. Paul said, what has happened to me has served to advance the gospel. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I'm I'm done preaching. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. If, if If you don't get this, you're going to miss everything as I said. Paul said, what has happened to him has only served for one purpose, for the advancement of the gospel. And this here become the mindset that Paul has and that you and I should have because if we have that mindset, then now we have a different look at life situation. I don't wear glasses. I don't wear glasses. But people who wear glasses, I still got my 2020 vision. I checked last week. I still got it. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Um, people who wear glasses, without their glasses, they can't see right. They need their lenses and their glasses so they can see right. What I'm saying to you is this. Paul is saying this. Every single one of us as Christians, we wear glasses. And the lens, the, the, the lens, we, there's supposed to be one set of lens for all of us. Whatever, no matter what happens, if you got the right lens, if you got the right glasses on, you're going to see it the same way that Paul see it. Because no matter what happens to you, you know it ain't about you. <laughs> I, I, I know you love you some you. I know you're living your best life. Uh, go, go ahead, do you, boo. Go ahead, do, do, do you, do. live your best life. But I'm saying to you, it ain't about you. Because it's all about Christ. And Paul said this, if you put this lens on, if you put these glasses on, no matter what happened, no matter life circumstance, whether you got a job, whether you get fired, whether you got a girlfriend, whether you're single, whether you get married, whether you get, whether you're not married, whether you got divorced, whether you have kids or you don't have kids, whether you have money or whether you broke. But if you got this lens on, all you know is this, whatever happens to me, it's because the gospel needs to go forward. And Paul here, that's the best of his attitude. Paul is in prison, y'all. Paul already went to a first trial. And now he's awaiting a second trial to get the verdict. Paul was arrested. He was arrested illegally because he's preaching the gospel. He's awaiting a second trial. The church, the church, some of the church people start dividing. We're going to see it. It's in the text. You guys heard when I read it. Some of them start preaching against Paul, against whatever the case may be. Paul said, mm-mm. No, 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 no. Because I'm not focusing on me. Because what I am here is Christ. Therefore, I can see it clearly. Uh, there are three things that, 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 that you, you can see in the text that Paul has. Watch this. Watch this. First one, chains. Verses 12 to 14, chains. Second one, you, you, are you guys with me? You, you guys see it? PowerPoint should be the next, next slide. Uh, not only that, there's chains, right? Paul, keep moving, keep moving. There you go. There's critics. And, and, and Paul is in prison. <laughs> not only that, there are people who are talking bad about him. Uh, um, this is the part where you young people call that haters. <laughs> Paul had some haters, right? And, 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 and so, so Paul had chains because he's in prison. There are critics, and there's a crisis. And here is what Paul said, and this is the three points of the sermon. Paul said, when it comes to my chains, Christ is known. When it comes to my critics, 
Christ is preached. When it comes to my crisis, Christ is magnified. Okay. <laughs> uh, um, let, 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 let's, let's put it to you this way. When it comes to Paul, when it comes to Paul, Paul had a singular focus. And that focus was not about me, all about Christ. Um, um, in other words, Paul says, I'm putting Christ ahead of everything. What would happen to you and I if we adapt the same mentality of putting Christ above everything in our speech? Um, what would happen if we embrace this mindset in our education? Um, what would happen if we espouse this, this mindset of Christ above everything else in our relationships? Um, what, what would happen if we take on this mindset when it comes to our careers? What would happen? I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. I'm talking to me. What would happen if we follow this mindset in our dealings with others, especially the ones who are not part of our cliques? Um, what would happen if we use this mindset to determine our entertainment choices? Um, I'm still talking to you. I know I'm preaching. Um, what would happen if we assume this mindset in the way that we give advice to our friends? Um, I, I, I know, I, I know so, 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 some of y'all, this is how it goes. Um, you, you know, do you boo? Uh, um, that's not a friend. A friend don't tell you to do you if do you is going to get you to hell. See, see, y'all have associates. You, you, you guys have people that just kind of um, want to applaud you. If all your friends, all they do is like, um, yeah, 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 do you, you no, 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 no. When you are wrong, you better have some people in your life that tells you, um, Christ first, you second. Christ first, you last. If you don't have those people, those are not, people say right or die. No, no, right or live. If you have right or live, they're going to tell you on how to live for Christ. So what would happen if this is the mindset that we use when we talk to our friends? Uh, um, if we agree to tell the truth and love no matter the cost, what would happen? <laughs> If we, if we, if we now get that mindset, what would happen if we accept our responsibility as Christians in a dying world? <laughs> you, you know what it would be? Um, I was thinking about this and, and let me, let me just, just drop this in your spirit. Even though there's COVID, who would have drive to a prayer? That's the next event we're probably going to do or drive to a prayer. People can drive right in and then they can stop in their car and we'll pray over them in the car and they can go out. COVID or not, the gospel still exists for a dying world. Paul said, this thing that happens to me, it happens so that the gospel, Christ will be known. Christ was known. And that's the first thing. Watch what it says in verse 13 and 14. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chain for Christ. Can I stop right here and ask you? Um, now, let me put the disclaimer here. There are some self-inflicted chains and there are some chains that, there's the difference between self-inflicted chains versus chains that Christ put on you. Um, in other words, um, we still got kids in here. Um, in other words, it, last night if you go lay on your back at your boo house while you're not married, that's self-inflicted chains. Um, if you go to the party and everybody's doing the, 
you, you went and do that too? That stuff will get changed. Um, if you go and because everybody's drinking, uh, your Haitian, uh, um, prestige, <laughs> um, and you go and have a, a few of them, that's something that wounds. But I'm saying to you, if you are minding your business, but God said, like Job, <laughs> the devil, go ahead. You can, you can do whatever you want, but you cannot touch his soul. If that happens, it happens for one purpose. Those chains, when they come, and by the way, here it is. Um, they, they, they say this when it comes to spiritual warfare, and I said this, you can adapt the same mentality. When it comes to our lives as Christian, you are either in chains for Christ currently, getting out of chains for Christ currently, only to get into chains for Christ again. Oh, I wish I had a witness. I, I wish I had a witness this afternoon. What I'm saying to you, Paul said, what has happened to me has happened for one purpose, to advance the gospel. And it says this, as a result, it has become clear. I said this to you last week. The guard that was with Paul, this was a bunch of guards, a bunch of the, uh, the, the royal guards, and there was about 2,000 of them. And every six hours, one came back to be with Paul. And here it is. Paul was in chain. That's what they thought. But now they become Paul's audience. Because while they come to be with Paul, Paul said, here, here it is. Um, I got the gospel, brother. Um, my brother, you want to hear? This is what Jesus has done for me. See, while you think it's about you, but it's not about you. What has happened to you, it's only for you to share how good God is. Woo! I'm getting too excited because Paul is in prison. If a jailer, if somebody's coming to be with you to tie you up and all you're telling is about um, the fruit of the spirit, love, joy, patience. If, if you're telling them like, you know what? I love you anyhow. And Paul said, those guards, they are getting the gospel. That becomes his church. Paul had a desire to go to the world, to preach the gospel. But while he's in prison, Christ made it that the world comes to him. I, I, have, you, have you ever asked yourself, while you are going through the situation that you're going through, what is Christ trying to tell me to do in this? Ooh, I, I'm telling you, I hope I messed you up for good this afternoon because you need to have a different mindset. I, I'm okay with the positive thinking stuff. I'm okay with that, but that cannot be the prime of what it is because the source of your positivity has to come from what Christ is trying to do in your life. Paul said that the, the God, they get the gospel. And secondly, it says everyone else. It says, I'm not making this up. It says to everyone else, it has become evident to them that I am in chains for Christ. Is it evident? To everyone else around you that you are a Christian? Is it evident to everyone else around you, even though they make jokes about you not having premarital sex? Is it evident that you are living for Christ? Or is it evident that when you go on social media account, you have a different person, and when you come in church, you're somebody else different? You know, you be Beyonce on social media, and but in church you CC Winans. This, I got two people got the joke. Amen. Amen. <laughs> um, is, it, is it that in church you are brother so-and-so? 
But on the, in the streets, you a thug. You a G. Oh, you a player. No. Paul said this, it's evident that everyone else, and those everyone else, those visitors, some of them were political leaders, some of them were Jewish leaders in Rome, and, and, and the backdrop of, 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 of what happens in Philippi, it, it's, it's, of, of the, this letter, it's in the book of Acts. Paul said, everything that happened to me happens, my chains happens so that the gospel can move forward. Paul looked at his imprisonment as to be the result of God's sovereign will. When you, quote-unquote, take an L in the world's vocabulary by not compromising, do you go have a whining pity party? Or do you say, I'm taking this L, but really it's a victory because in Christ, my testimony stay intact, my Jesus is not diminished, and he will be glorified. Oh, keep moving with me. I, I feel like preaching, but you got to keep moving with me. And watch what is in verse 14. Paul said in verse 14, because of my chin, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the gospel. Um... Have you ever seen those people who have a death sentence, whether it be via cancer or something, and you go visit them and they are more encouraging to you than you are to them? See, see, y'all need to start visiting people in the hospital. And people who are dying and they know they are dying. But, but they are saying, my God, my God, it's not about me, it's about my God. And, 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 and therefore, therefore, even though you go see them, you're supposed to be sad because of the situation. But you left seeing them in Bolden. Um, I may have shared this with you. We went, um, my, my day job, my other day job. Um, you know, Asian pastor guy, they got more than one job. Um, my, my day job. We went to, to for Thanksgiving, we went by um, Blunt Road. Not, not, not the joint, but, blunt, you know, <laughs> um, Blunt Road. What's your pastor? Um, blunt Road on between Copens and Semple Road, right behind the FedEx building. For those of you watching online, move to, move to Florida, you get what I'm saying. You, you understand what I'm saying. Um, between Copens and Semple Road, on Blunt Road, right behind the FedEx uh, um, warehouse, there are some tent houses, people made the people that are homeless, they built some tents and, and they are living in those tents and, and it's deplorable condition. I'm, I'm telling you, people in Haiti live even better than those people. I'm not lying. We went there, we went with little bags with a little water and a little something in it, you know, to, sh to share with them. We got there, there's this one gentleman that we met. This guy not only prayed with us, prayed for us, he preached to us and encouraged us in preaching. Could you imagine? We went to do good works. We got the somebody who was in that situation, who was in the situation you cannot think about. And this guy said, can I pray for y'all? What do you need me to pray for you for? And you, here you are. <laughs> Some of you stood at your parents' house. You didn't pay no bills. You're still whining. Um, 
Your parents got you a car. Um, pay for your college tuition. You're still whining. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Paul said, <laughs> ah, my chains are encouraging people and making them bold to preach the gospel. Um, in the 16th century, there's a Protestant reformer in England by the name of Hugh Latimer. He was known as a great preacher of his day and as a result had many opportunities to speak. Um, once he found he was to preach before King Henry VIII of England. I mean, I'm talking about King, the real King Henry VIII of England. As he thought about this great responsibility to bring the message before the king, he realized that the message that God laid on his heart was not the message the king would want to hear. As he begun his sermon, he says, Latimer, Latimer, do you want to remember that you are speaking, do you remember that you are speaking before the high and mighty King Henry VIII, who has power to command you to be sent to prison and who can have your head be cut off if it pleases him? Will you not care to say nothing that will offend his royal ears? He then paused and continued, says, Latimer, Latimer, do you not remember that you are speaking before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, before him at whose throne and with the earth will stand, before him to whom one day you will have to give account yourself? Latimer, Latimer, be faithful to your master and declare all of God's word. Oh, uh, Latimer faces um, the choice. Would he preach what men wanted to hear? Or would he preach what Christ would have him preach? Latimer did his stand for truth and preached boldly. Eventually, <laughs> Queen Mary got him killed. The, what I'm trying to say to you is this. What has happened to you, it emboldened those around you to preach the gospel. Not only, not only Paul said his chains were for um, Christ to be known. Uh, it says this, because of his critics, Christ was preached. Um, verse 15 through 19. I'm an expositor. That's what I do. Um, verse 15 to 19. Paul said this. Um, it is true that Christ, some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. Um, the latter do so in love, knowing that I am here, uh, um, I, that I'm here, put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I am in chains. But what does it matter? The, 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 the important thing is that in every way, whether that from false motive, motives or true crisis preach, and because of this, I rejoice. Um, Paul is in prison. Some people decided that they're going to preach their message to spike him. Um, uh, um, and some decided they're going to preach you know, because they, they, uh, they support Paul. Um, I gotta tell you, as a preacher, this part here, it doesn't settle, doesn't sit right with me. Um, I have a, I don't have a high tolerance for what I consider to be false prophets. You, you, you know how y'all, your favorite preacher on TV? They ain't real preachers. <laughs> um, I call them gospel light. Maybe I'm being judgmental. But if all they tell you is you're gonna live your best life, um, every day is Friday, um, relationship goals, if that's all it is, they ain't preaching. 
I'm not, I'm not, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. But Paul said this here, even though these people may be preaching from false motives, but if they proclaim the name of Christ, what does it matter to me? Paul is much bigger Christian than I was. Paul said this here, some of them, and, and, and the text literally, um, this commentator said, how, you can, it's hard to imagine that Paul would have haters, but he did. And I got to tell you this, if you stand for the gospel of Jesus Christ, you're always going to have haters. If you stand for orthodoxies, if you stand for the, the truth, you're always going to have haters. And see, some of them preach it because they wanted to be, you know, because of selfish ambitions. You know how they said, oh, bring your $365 offering is the end of the year? That's, that's, that's selfish ambition. It's not the gospel. Because you, God loves you without you having to bring a $365 offering. But because the people were saying that, if they said Jesus, because some people can still be saved under the ministry. And as long as they preach the gospel, Paul said, what do I care? I got to tell you, this one didn't sit right, right, right with me. And I found out, I found out that um, John Wesley and, and George Whitfield, two of my favorite preachers, they couldn't stand each other. And, and they couldn't stand each other because they disagreed on doctrinal matters. Both of them were very successful in preaching to thousands of people. And seeing multitudes of people come to Christ. It is reported that somebody asked John Wesley if he expected to see Whitfield in heaven. And John Wesley replied, no, I do not. Then do you think Whitfield is a converted man? He replied, Wesley replied, of course he is a converted man. But I do not expect to see him in heaven because he will be so close to the throne of God and I so far away that I will not be able to see him. Though he differed with his brother Whitfield in some matters, Whitfield did not have any envy in his heart, nor did he, speak, uh, um, nor did he seek to oppose Whitfield's ministry. Even though they disagree, but they know that they were going to heaven and they were going to see Jesus. That's important. Criticism is usually hard to take, particularly when we are in difficult circumstance. Um, you know Haitians good for that. <laughs> for those of you not Haitian, somebody can translate that for you. I see that. For, you know, you can translate that in English. It doesn't make sense in English. Uh, um, I told you so. But but sounds um, better. And, 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 and you may be doing the right things. And somebody will say, mm, 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 But they didn't know that 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 was, you know, he didn't do the right thing. Oh, but if it's being bell, it's But fast. So even though people do not see things, and this is important here, people may say things, but because even the adult will say this to you, but you know they mean well, you know they love you, and you know they're going to be praying for you to find a new boo, a new bae. So when they say that, don't give them a nasty attitude and reply. Just say, I'm going to pray. Pray have them. 
You guys, you guys get what I'm saying? So because now, Paul said that I'm not seeing them as my haters. Because it doesn't matter to me as long as Christ is being glorified. Um, so we see that the chains were for, for Christ to be known. And the, 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 the critics were for Christ to be preached. And finally, the crisis was for Christ to be glorified. Um, verses 20 to 26. Watch this. Paul said this. I eagerly expect hope and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted, right here, exalted or glorified in my body, whether in life, whether by life or by death. For to me, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm going on living in the body, this will remain fruitful labor. Yet, what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to uh, depart and be with Christ, which is better, which is far better. But it is more necessary for me that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and I will continue with you all, you, uh, uh, all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ will overflow on account of me. Um, it was possible when Paul wrote this, as he was away the second trial, he could have been found as a traitor to Rome and be executed. His preliminary trial had apparently gone in his favor. The final verdict, however, was, not, was yet to come. But Paul's body was not his own. And his only desire, because he had a single mind, he has a mindset, was to magnify Christ in his body. Does, the, does Christ need to be magnified? Does Christ need to be glorified? After all, how can mere human being ever magnify the Son of God? Um... I was talking to, to, to somebody yesterday, and I, and I said this. I found this illustration. I thought it was, I thought it was probably the best illustration that I found, I found yet, so I'm excited about this. Watch this. This is what Risby said, Dr. Risby said, says, well, the stars are much bigger than the telescope, and yet the telescope magnifies them and brings them closer. The believer's body is to be a telescope that brings Christ closer to people. Um, to the average person, Christ is a misty figure in history who lived centuries ago. But as the unsaved watch the believer go who, uh, um, through a crisis, they can see Jesus magnify and brought so much closer to the Christian with a single, with a single mind. Christ is with us here and now. That's what the telescope does. The telescope brings the distant thing closer. What about the microscope? The microscope brings the tiny things and makes them look bigger. To the unbeliever, Jesus is not very big. Other people and other things are far more important. 
But as the unbeliever watches the Christian go through a crisis experience, he ought to be able to see how big Jesus really is. The believer's body is a lens that makes a little Christ look very big and a distant Christ come very close. Oh, I wish I had a witness. What I'm saying to you is this. You better call yourself a telescope Christian and a microscope Christian. What I'm saying to you is this. In 2022 and for the rest of your life, you better say, you know, from now on, call me a microscope and a telescope Christian. Because I want to bring a God that looks so far to some people. When they see me, they better see that God's so far, so big. I want to bring a God that people think that's so small. But when they see me, that it can magnify. In other words, you live to magnify Christ Jesus. I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I got more things to say, but I'm done. Um, Paul said, for me to live is Christ. For me to die is gain. Um, the, the person who wrote, this is my father's world, um, it said this, life is what we are alive to. Um, his name is uh, um, Babcock. He said this, when he and his wife go shopping, he dread going to the fabric store because his wife loves the fabric department. You know, like drone fabric, whatever they call. But I often go because my wife enjoys looking at the fabrics. But if on the way to the fabric section, I spot the book department, I suddenly came alive. The thing that excites us and motivates us is the thing that really is life to us. In Paul's case, Christ was his life. Christ excited him and made his life worth living even though he was in chains. In other words, when you said, I give myself away, I give my life to Christ. And in other words, the things of Christ are to be what excites you. If other things excite you more than the things of Christ, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. I know, I'm, 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 I'm making a, it's making a comeback. If other things get you more excited, if you're more excited about a football game than church, you better check yourself. If you're more excited about a Netflix show than church, you better check yourself. If you have more time to watch junk, but you don't have time to read the Bible, you better check yourself. If you have more time to gossip and you don't have time to pray, you better check yourself because praying, reading the scripture, memorizing the scripture, those are to be what excites you. Serving people are to excite you. Seeing the lost coming to salvation are to excite you. If that doesn't excite you, you and a Christian. I said it. So, a valuable test of our mindset, as well as for our lives, is Philippians 1.21. And we have to fill in the blank. In other words, for me to live is, and to die is. In other words, you cannot say for me to live is money. I know some of y'all, whoo. Make <laughs> you, you want that money. Some of you are selling drugs so you can get money. And when he says for me to live is money, to die is to leave it all behind. If you want to be famous, if for, for, for me to live is fame, to die is to be forgotten. Sidney Poitier just died. Some of you didn't even know who he was. The first black actor who won an Oscar. He grew up down here in, in Bahamas. 
Some of you didn't even know who he was. He just died recently. In other words, you can have all the fame in the world, but when you die, really, you are forgotten. And she said, for me to live is power. Well, to die is to lose it all. <laughs> you guys remember the last president? He had all the power in the world. The last president. 45. He had all the power. What happened? He, got, he lost the election. Where's the power gone? Gone. In other words, what I'm saying to you, if it's money, if it's fame, if it's power, it's all going to be forgotten. It's all going to be gone. You're going to leave it all behind. And you're going it's, 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 to lose it all. We must echo what Paul said, Paul's conviction. If we are going to have joy in spite of our circumstance, and if we're going to share uh, in the furtherance of the gospel, you are to say, for me to live is Christ, and for me to die is gain. You say, well, Pastor Perry, how, does that, how, how can I have this mindset? Quickly. One, you put Christ first. That's it. You put Christ first. Um, when, when you put Christ first, you say this, um, when the chains are on your wrist, you say they are, they are Christ's bonds. When your enemy causes you trouble uh, um, by the selfish, uh, um, you say they are preaching Christ. When, 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 when your friends worry about you and praying for you, that's what Paul, Paul says, well, fine. This will exalt Christ. Was there a possibility that Paul might die? Then Paul said, so what? If I die, Christ is going to be magnified whether in this body, whether I'm alive or whether I die. This is a singular mindset when you put Christ first. When we take Christ into every circumstance, we will have joy. Paul was not the prisoner of womb, of womb but he was a prisoner of Christ. Notice he never said that he was a prisoner of Rome. He said, I'm a prisoner of Christ. Oh, I don't want to surrender a sermon right there, but that's another one right there. Uh, let, me, let, let, me, let me stop while I'm ahead. The singular-minded Christian is not one who doesn't go through circumstance. But this is the difference here. Circumstance does not overcome you. You overcome circumstance because of who you have your mind fixed on. And here it is. This is, this is. this is hard in 2022 for you to do. Not only you put Christ first, but you put others second. You put others seconds. Selfish always breeds unhappiness. Paul had joy because he loved others. Do you love others? Do you, when, you, when you love others, do you find joy in it? He prayed for others. We saw that last week. He encouraged others. He sought to bring joy to others. You know what Paul's heaven on earth was? Helping other people. What is your heaven on earth? As you said, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. What is your heaven on earth? Is it the bank account? Is it you hoarding everything that you have you don't share? And you know what it is? As you have this mindset, Christ is first, other seconds, you are last. Paul did not consider him to be anything. Paul said, as long as Christ is glorified, whatever happens to me happens for good. Can I, can I close with my best illustration that I come up myself? 
Um, you know when you go to Haitian household, um, that nice armoire with the dishes, China, China, I don't know, I don't know what they are. China with the nice plates that you guys, um, if you're really, really Haitians, you clean those every, those every Saturdays, but you never put food on them um, because the plates are really beautiful. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Beautiful plates. Come, come on now. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Come on. I'm speaking to Haitian people. Um, even Tim know what I'm talking about. Um, nice plates. And, and, and those plates are there collecting dust. And you've never eaten them. As a matter of fact, only when a special guest comes, they pull the plates out. But notice that they never really compliment the plates. They compliment the food that's on the plate. And, and, and too many of us want to have praise given to us. We're none but plates. And, and when God placed the meal on the plate, and, and, and when people said, whoo, that's a good, that's, it tastes really, really good. And they, they don't say nothing about the plate. You know why? Because the plate is none, nothing but there to serve what God prepared. God is the chef. It's the chef that gets the credit, not the plate. Stop wanting to be praised. You're just a plate. Just be glad that you're being used. Just be glad that you're being used because a plate is only there. The plate, you look, look, the spirit washes you, cleans you every, every week. And then you just said, when am I going to have a good meal put on me? And the good meal may be that you are in chain. But if it is you in chain, say, you know what? What does it matter to me? Christ is being preached. If it's, if, if the good meal is that they talk about you, so what is they talk about me? As long as my testimony remains intact. If the good meal is that they, 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 they lie on you, so what? Christ is being exalted no matter what. If the good meal is that they put a gun to your head because you believe in Jesus Christ, so what? Because if I die, I'm in glory. If I die, I'm in glory. For me to live is Christ. For me to die is gain. Your mindset ought to be that you put Christ above everything else. Your chains are for Christ to be known. Your critics are preaching Christ. Your crisis is exalting Christ. May God bless you.